0: Hello there, everyone. Welcome to another brand new, no rerun episode of Tap the brand Trending.
1: new? Wow,
0: I, I can't believe that I can't work under these conditions. But I'm Corey, who can't work under these conditions, joined as always by my interrupting effervescent co-host, Mr. Eckhart's Ladder. How are you doing tonight, Justin? And are you afraid you're going bald? What, is, what are you doing with no, your hair?
1: No, I there? had a, I had a little, I don't even know what this was, maybe a bit of like gel or something in my hair and I was at first I thought it was on my computer monitor that's why I was like moving around and then it was in my hair I I got it I got it so we're good okay I am uh, I'm doing well we've got a very fun show uh for today so we're going to be talking about battle scars the new uh star wars jedi survivor tie-in novel uh not really a tie-in novel more of like a prequel novel uh and then we're going to do next episode about Mando and Bad Batch, right? Are we going to talk about Mando and Bad Batch at all? Are today you here? Are you
0: here next week?
1: No. So next week okay. after that, rather. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. So uh, we should maybe do a, a quick two-minute review on uh, on the outpost okay. and on Minds of Mandalore. Yeah. Spoilers for the next two minutes, by <laughs> the way. You said where's...
1: Minds of Mandalore. Sorry. Go ahead.
0: Okay. Like
1: M-I-N-D-S. That's what I heard.
0: Oh, well okay well that's just how I talk thank you for that's also out. a good that would
1: have been a, an interesting t- title as well like I think that kind of would have worked
0: but oh yeah that's the the galaxy brain chest so yeah. I actually which of these two did you prefer um kind of the same as last week where I think uh
1: the outpost was a better bad batch episode uh like was it was better it was a better than average bad batch episode compared to mando season three episode two. Uh, but I still like Mando more. Yeah. So, in other words, The Bad Batch was maybe better compared to the norm, uh, but Mando is just for me. I just love it so much that the
0: outpost hit above expectations rather than necessarily yeah. being better. Yeah,
1: yeah. Pound per pound, uh, the 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 outpost was better, but it's still like a mackerel versus a yeah. Yeah,
0: and now I love, I love I, The Bad Batch. I feel uh, absolved of my accidental spoiler last week. So yeah. I didn't get any hate for that. Uh, I didn't get my Chakra, access
1: tattooing. Yeah. yeah,
0: so I'm good. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed both of them. I thought they were both good episodes. The mm. uh, A lot of the stuff that Mando touched on I really enjoyed, like how they're getting into the uh, different views of Mandalore and starting to bring Bo-Katan and Din closer together, while still showing that they have a pretty big ideological gap. Mm-hmm. But, yeah i am um, i don't a lot of people were like a lot of people were
1: seeing some like sexual chemistry there i don't really yeah. get that myself
0: so i don't necessarily get that it's a, a romantic relationship but i also don't get like the vociferous response to anyone who says it might be a romantic relationship that there's some people who are very strongly uh against that and it's it's i i i I try to avoid shipping wars online. I think that's what would, uh,
1: would she be like a milf for
0: him? Uh, possibly. Because like be. during
1: the Clone Wars, she's already pretty old and he's a kid. So
0: I think she's supposed to be pretty young during the Clone Wars, which I mean, oh, okay. compared to him being three, it's like a 15 year difference, at least. But okay. I mean, they're they're probably what, 30 to 45 for the pair of them.
1: See, I thought Bo Katan was older than that.
0: She's she's a little bit older than that probably, but it's not we're not in a Leo DiCaprio situation here. Or a mm. Madonna situation. Gotcha.
1: Gotcha. Okay, fair but
0: enough. But there's one thing that I keep seeing that I do wanna come out strongly against. The idea that uh that Bo Katan is now the rightful owner of the Darksaber, because Sewer Grievous technically beat Din and then she beat Sewer Grievous. Mm. And that's not how that works. It's not Harry Potter weird wand magic bullshit. It's uh, otherwise, like I said this on Twitter, but like Palpatine beat Maul and they didn't then say mm-hmm. like, oh, by the way, Palpatine, here's your Darksaber, we're going to mail it to you because you are now Mandalore. It there has to be like some understanding of a challenge for it. I don't think any Mandalorians would see like getting tricked by a helmet trap under the sand as a valid duel. Anyways,
1: I'm, I'm going to slightly disagree. I think you're right. Um, however, I think if she had taken the Darksaber, and not giving it back to him like I think you know being Mandalorian is all about survival of the fittest and you know strongest so if she has it and he can't take it back from her like to Whoa. me that's pretty valid
0: but if Bo-Katan's been in this situation before where she has the dark saber
1: mm-hmm.
0: she'd other someone would have to like forcibly take it from her for her to give it up at that point before she like gives it back to Sabine but mm-hmm. the The rules lawyering she'd have to do to say, like, this is mine. I deserve to have this. If you're at a point where you have to, like, stake your claim on the Darksaber with that kind of situation, no one's going to listen to you anyways. It's not like a magical thing. I don't
1: think it's that complicated. I think you can just say, this is mine. You can and anyone's free to try to take it. You know what I mean? Like, try to take it from me. Like, I think that's kind of like the, the nature of the Darksaber. You get it. People want it. It's kind of like a representation of being the alpha because you're open for a challenge at any point. You know what I mean?
0: Okay, but like so, if the if in Book of Boba Fett when the mm-hmm. armor was like waving it around and talking about uh Mandalore, if mm-hmm. she'd said, "Okay, this is mine now," do you think Paz Vizsla would have been like, "Yeah, you weren't that. That's yours now, ma'am." Well, no, it's but about how can you that, command is... the respect? Like if you get it through being a kind of a, a little piece of shit. No one's going to say, "Okay, I will follow. You. It's not just like but, you have the, the saber, therefore I must listen to you at this moment. It's not the speaking conch.
1: But how is it any different from her taking it and being, you know, too powerful for anyone to challenge versus her taking it off Din Djarin's dead body? Like if she takes it and Din Djarin's too much of a weakling to take it back, like is that really that different? I don't know.
0: But it, it's not just like whoever has it rules the Mandalorian. It's like whoever is able to claim it in a way that they see as legitimate, gets that respect. Like, yeah, it's the I difference just between it... just being like, "I'm wearing yeah. the crown, therefore I have all the power," versus "I'm wearing the crown, the crown because I have whatever capabilities allowed me to get the crown, and you guys like that shit."
1: Yeah, I just think if you have it and no one is 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 big enough to take it from you, that that's how it is.
0: Okay. Well, enjoy following. Whatever loser gets your your famous leaderships, the whole thing's ridiculous. But uh, <laughs> for for Seth, do you think we'll see Ahsoka in season three before we move on here?
1: Uh, how old is she supposed to be? I think Ahsoka, Ahsoka would how- be about
0: fifty as well. Maybe I younger, think we'll see Ahsoka 40, yeah. 40 to forty five probably for Ahsoka. But she's like
1: fourteen in the Clone Wars. Yeah. That's like fourteen plus twenty two plus you know, yeah. however much she's getting up there.
0: So it's we it's like we did eight some... to ten Aby. So it's about thirty years past. Then she's forty-four.
1: Yeah, um, we did get some news today as well. Uh, some interesting Star Wars. Actually, we got a lot a lot of news uh, f- from the least surprising one, from a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi uh, was announced. I think some pretty everyone...
0: good authors, like a pretty wide range of authors of like old RPG adventure people and newer people like, uh, i mm-hmm. Cannon who wrote the Ronin novel, which we both. read. Really yeah. I was really happy there. to see
1: her name there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to find the book cover. Uh, but yeah, there's a bunch of interesting ones I saw. Um, Jason Fry is doing one which always makes yeah. me happy. Phil Shawstack has he does he usually write things other than the art books?
0: I think he's um, done from a certain point of view before. Okay. I think I don't quote me on that, but I think so.
1: Is uh is Sam Megs on the list? I actually didn't look for her name. Uh
0: I don't think so. Uh
1: Uh no, I don't see it. I'll just I'll just quickly I'll just quickly list off all the names. <clears throat> And if there's any you want to talk about, like just stop me, okay? Right. Saladin Ahmed, Charlie Jane Anders, Tom Engelberger, I recognize his name. Uh Kristen Baver. I think she runs the Star Wars show now. Uh Olivia Blake, uh Kimi Don, Bowman, uh Emma Candon, Olivia uh Chadha, Gloria Chow, Mike Chen, he wrote Star Wars Brotherhood. Uh, right? Yep. Adam Christopher, he did he wrote um, Shadow of the Sith. Shadow of the Sith. Uh, Paul Krilly, Amal Al Motar, MK England, Jason Fry, Adam Lance Garcia, uh, Lamar Giles or Gillies, uh, Max Gladstone, Thea Guazan, Ali Hazelwood, uh, Patricia Jackson, Alex Jennings, Mary Ke- Kenny, uh, Jarrett, uh, Jarrett Kazaksa, Sarah Kuhn, Danny Lore, Sarah Glenn Marsh, Kwame Mumbalia, uh, Marike. I'm sorry, this is tough for me comp, do you know how to say that, Corey? Okay, sorry, I'm not trying to disrespect anyone, I just don't know. Daniel Page, Laura Paul, uh, K. Arsenal Rivera, Dana Schwartz, Tara Sim, Phil Shostak, Susan Walker, Hannah Witten, Fran Wilde, Sean Williams, Elisa Wong. About halfway through starting, I was like, why did I do this? But I didn't want to throw disrespect in anyone's name. So, A lot of names I don't recognize, and a lot of names that are new to Star Wars writing, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, there's usually a, a pretty big or a good mix on on those books. So,
1: yeah, Tom, editor Tom said, um, of the one hundred and eight contributors, this is at, from the entire trilogy, certain point of view tri- yeah. trilogy. Seventy percent were making their Star Wars debut at the time. So, interesting, nice. Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, try to get on for uh we'll we'll try to get on for Phantom Menace. Certain point of view.
0: Yeah, the, I can't wait to write the perspective like of minutes. one of the announcer heads from the pod race. Maybe we should go in <laughs> together. See if we can sell them <laughs> yeah. on this. Where like we each write. I want Greg Proops. You can do the other one.
1: I want to be the uh, the creature that farts right in right in uh, Jar Jar's fucking, <laughs> fucking face.
0: <laughs> well, one other bit of news. Celebration. Speaking of Jar Jar thing.
1: farting in faces, let's talk about this book. No, I'm joking.
0: Well, did you see the thing about like Jar Jar used to expand when he got anxious in the original drafts of episode one? I did not see. I want to do a clip on this, I think. But expand where and how Like he was basically a puffer fish. Early Jar Jar was like he looked like Jar Jar, but he was a puffer fish. So he's not not expanding,
1: not expanding, like in the uh, the parking garage of Disney World. (laughs)
0: <laughs> We're not reading that on the podcast.
1: No, we yeah, are. But not. Uh,
0: yeah, so Celebration, first thing they just announced today that there's going to be some, I think it was today, some Acolyte news as well as some Star Wars Eclipse news uh, mm, at Celebration. surprising. Yeah. But uh, the big thing based on our prior discussions and my attempt to follow up with the email is that there is going to be a publicly available stream. There's still going to be some exclusive sort of. stuff. Uh, yeah, it's not going to be everything. but uh, Well, I don't I, think it's
1: any of the panels.
0: Yeah, so I I tried to do my due diligence. Uh, I still stand by my editorial work there, but it does seem no, like there's going to be more still, than nothing.
1: Yeah, no, I know. I think I think it's fine. It seems like we're not getting the panels too, which is kind of the the yeah. big exciting bits. We're um, we're getting
0: less than last year.
1: Yeah, significantly less. Um, yeah, I was I was definitely surprised to hear uh, Acolyte might be there. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. So let's get into. Oh, some- one other thing. One other thing. Uh, I saw on Reddit that the uh, the the watch or the length for Mando episode three is is available. Do you want me to say what it is? Uh, yes, it is f- apparently fifty six minutes long. So
0: Damn. quite a jump,
1: yeah, quite a jump.
0: Yeah. And we haven't been sent any future screeners yet, so we're going in. I can't accidentally spoil anything at this point. Uh, yeah. But but yeah. So do you want to get into Jedi battle scars now?
1: Yeah, there's only, this was one of my, this is probably the episode where, based on our conversations, you and I are going to have the biggest disagreement. This is one of my least favorite Star Wars books I've read in a long time. The only thing I liked about it was how short it was. Um, very, very, very little redeeming for me in this book. Um, it like, at times felt like an AI was writing a lot of it, where it was just kind of like nonsense. And I just, I just didn't like very much of this at
0: all. All right, so I'll lay out the plot first. Uh, it's yep. pretty simple. Uh, it's Very not simple. a it's not a universe changing book, even though the tech that they kind of talk about,
1: which I actually would of, have been fine with. But yeah, uh,
0: the so it's at some point in the years between Fall Order and Battle Scars, and uh, or hmm. not in Battle Scars. It is Battle Scars <laughs> and Survivor. Uh, at least a few years after Jedi Survivor. And there's like a five no. year after fucking after the first one after Fallen Order, and no. yeah, so we don't have an exact timeline on it, but they've been together for a while. Yeah. Uh, they're doing a raid. The Stinger Mantis crew is doing a raid on a Haxian brood base. Uh, they end up picking up a stormtroop, a stormtrooper who follows them out, gets them a mission to recover a piece of tech called the Shroud, which I don't know if it's supposed to be like a, a cloaking device that also yeah, blocks it's radar. Some sort of it's cloaking device. Yeah, it's a little bit overstated, but it's a MacGuffin, so who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. Uh they go and have to uh get this device from Marcana, which luckily happens to also be where the Circlet of Suresh from Knights of the Old Republic is hanging out as a Jedi uh artifact that Seer wants. Everyone mm-hmm. fights a lot about what's going on. Marin has a bunch of sex and then uh <laughs> they find out that the inventor of the shroud was the stormtrooper that they picked up's girlfriend and is the schematics because she never wrote them down and then everyone Also they don't actually
1: own. work in the end so. Yeah. yeah. Uh and also the most unbelievable part for me was any uh, anybody falling in love with the Nikto. You see how yeah, ugly of gross. a species that is. Like right, the so... Nikto is like the uh it's like the alien uh like the gang leader from mando season three episode one
0: Hmm. yeah so i'll lay out what i thought was the the good and the bad of it and then we'll just see if you want to turn all of my good into bad as well no i'm sure i'll agree with some of the good okay so i'm going to start with the good i think that for the most part the character work for the main uh for the main characters for the main stinger Magic Crew is pretty good with some notable exceptions that I'm sure we're going to spend most of our time talking about. <laughs> uh like we're definitely gonna disagree on this, but I think when Marin isn't just having chapters about her being like love-sick, like that are like solely focused on thinking Fred is hot, I think that her mm-hmm. character is actually done pretty well. Uh okay. Grease is pretty much great the entire way through. I think Grease was completely nailed, which is cool because Grease is a better character than I think people give him credit for. Uh,
1: I, I'll just say, I agree with that. I think Grease was Grease was one of my highlights, actually. Yeah.
0: And yeah. Seer, I think, was actually done really well, except for one taxi joke at the start. I was afraid at the start that there was going to be too much of the, like, they're all just the same character doing humorous stuff. But uh, I think Seer was done pretty well throughout as well. Uh, the downside of that in general was like, there was too much of the saccharin. but we're all family throughout the whole thing. And like too much over there was what literally like, like
1: a moment at the very end where she's like, I get my strength from my family. Yeah. And I was just imagining like
0: if it wasn't fucking... that every that was basically yeah. every other page and that was a bit much. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a problem with it being like a, a smaller adventure because like no, me neither. Uh I think that was fine. Overall it did make me more interested in what happens with the characters in Jedi Survivor, which I think is ultimately what the book is for. So that worked out for me. The problem is that for a book that is like so heavily Marin focused, which is great on itself, uh the the chap there's some chapters where I think it's exploring like her losing people and her getting overly attached to people well but then there's other chapters where it's just Mm -hmm. like literal slash fiction between her and the analyst they pick up fret and I think like the biggest problem is that fret is just such a non-character
1: yes oh my god she
0: gets described as like uh basically just exists to be hot and the the rest of the crew you get some hints that like okay Marin is going too fast with this and it's called out in the book a bit but it's not really seen as a negative there. It's just no. a, everyone says like, oh, we don't trust Fret, but how can you not like her? It's like, how can you like her? She hasn't done or said anything at all other than, wow, this person is hot. So that it's it's not super believable how fast, like the way Marin feels about this particular person. I think exploring that like Marin is very passionate and fall in Fallen Order, like in general, she's very upset about everything. She has a lot of reasons to be very upset about everything, but there are chapters that are just read like slash fiction that those are the kind of the, what interrupts everything. And I think it's easy for that to overshadow the good parts of the book. But if you just kind of remove two chapters, I think that would overall make the book much better. I I mean, yeah, my problem is the book is
1: ultimately built around Marin's kind of infatuation with this character. She thinks it's love. Maybe it is, but like I find the book does absolutely nothing to like establish this. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have a problem with
0: that if it wasn't for everyone else also saying, oh, I can see how you're connected.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I still, I think, would have a bit of a problem with it because it turns Marin into kind of a boring and not very interesting to read character. Mm. Like, yeah, infatuation is something that definitely happens to people, but it's not necessarily an interesting topic for an entire book. Uh, I actually will agree that I thought... I didn't like Sears' character as much. I, I really wasn't a fan. I thought the character who was uh, I thought Cal was completely underused and like misused in this novel. Um He's
0: a bit too one note.
1: Yeah, he's he's like I I had posted he's a bit of a goody two shoes. I think it auto-corrected to goody two shows. But um which is kind of weird because we spend like one of my problem the book opens up very video gamey, which I guess is a choice, you know, because a lot of the fan most of the people reading this are probably fans of the video game. Um, but like they go to this haxian rude base and they're killing like literally a hundred plus people mm-hmm. uh, by hand, and you know, <clears throat> there's no talk about that at all. there's no, hey, maybe like this isn't a super like light side thing to do. Then of course, later on, um, the crew fights off faces off against the fifth brother which to me was like the most useless, uninteresting lightsaber fight ever, because we know how the fifth brother dies. We know Seer is still alive. We know Cal is still alive. So that I wasn't getting a whole lot out of. And then, of course, that battle ends with uh, with Sear doing the whole, you know, she's got him, they can beat him, and she, she does the whole, hey, you sure you don't want to turn to the light side thing? It's so like, it's just a little contrived. I, I had no time for that. <clears throat> Sorry, go ahead.
0: No, you can keep going. I did my whole thing.
1: No. um, And yeah, like, like the, the new characters I found really uninteresting and the, 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 the Stinger Mantis crew really just felt like, like, I wanted to know more about like what the crew had actually, how they changed in the two years, like, like where their story is gone, but it feels more like it's been like two weeks and they've went on some sort of like vague adventure um, that they sort of allude to. We're meant to believe that like, they're this big family and like, sometimes that comes through, but like, it just doesn't really feel earned, which honestly for me was actually a bit of an issue that the game had as well. Mm -hmm. Um, where the camaraderie built up a little too quickly. Um, so yeah, I just, and the writing didn't do it for me. Um, I, I didn't enjoy the Marin chapters. I really, really didn't enjoy the two new characters. Um, it's like the book wanted to be more adult and how it treats like sex and stuff, which is fine, but it doesn't, do like the emotional leg work you need to do. Yeah. Um Yeah. It just it felt to me like all of this is like the end. I was thinking like there's kind of this. Marin has this speech where she's talking to Fred and she's like, "Oh, we're like twin sons, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And I'm like, I was just thinking Fred would respond, but alas, I wasn't written into the game. <laughs> so it's like she's <laughs> got to go.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I, I actually, I think Seer. Uh, I got a lot of the same feeling from Seer in the book as I did in the game of like, mm-hmm. okay, she's a, a good character, but also like I'm kind of terrified of her at the same time. Yeah, so sure. I think I thought that was actually pretty well done. Like I mm-hmm. I thought that the stuff with the fifth brother and her was like, I, I like the premise. I like most of what's there, but there was just kind of a, a problem that I had throughout the book is that there were moments where it went too far to make sure you understand why it's doing what it's doing. Yeah, and for sure. like there was like, I, I think if you're seeing what Trilla is doing with the fifth brother in general, you can say like, okay, like she's clearly still upset about what happened with Trilla. She still feels mm-hmm. very guilty about that. So we don't necessarily need two different times where someone else in the scene says, Hey, look, that's Trilla. It's like, okay. Yep. Yeah. Kind yeah of, we, we get, get that. We, get a cow. Yeah. But uh yeah, so like I think it, it's kind of just that for me where like there, it goes like 80% of the way on doing things that I think are good and then it just goes a little bit too far with them or a lot too far with them in potentially some situations that kind of detract yep. from what it's trying to do. And I think that's where it it doesn't quite meet its potential. Um yeah. Like I I I I get I I enjoy seeing or I I agree with seeing Marin go through a lot of the things she goes through. It's just the specifics on the execution that feel a bit weird, especially when you have Mm -hmm. all the other characters saying like, oh, yes, that's how you're definitely connected when like there's nothing about fret that really develops her as a character just as an object for sexual attraction for basically everyone.
1: Yeah, it's like part of the thing is if you're going to write a story about infatuation, like the whole idea of like infatuation or even falling in love is like, it's not necessarily logical. You know what I mean? Um, And in this, it's like, it's really just based off her um, liking the way her thighs look pretty much at the beginning. Um, But like, you've got to do more to get the reader kind of into it. Like, like you got to make us like I, at no point was I involved in the relationship in any way other than the fact that like, or not involved, interested in the relationship in any way, other than the fact that I like Marin as a character, yeah. really. And like where that was to me, the relationship really is the driving force of the book. Um, it just like it didn't really do it for me. And then the actual missions themselves I found really, really forgettable and boring. Like the the mission to Mercana was just I didn't really get a whole lot out yeah. of it. Um what was I gonna say? the the last battle is a little weird as well Mm -hmm. um like the the mean the guy who's like described as a as a like a sketchy free market capitalist ends up being a bad guy is like definitely not a shocker
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah there was never a point where it seemed like that should have been a good idea and the other thing i don't get about that the way it resolves of like Oh, we're gonna go and give him the decoy shrouds so that he doesn't come after you. Like it didn't seem like the explosion they uh, they planned from it was going to kill him in the first place. It was just mm-hmm. to make him think it's a dud. But then he's still gonna be looking for Uri. Like the only yeah. way that they get out of that is by killing him, and no by one seemed him, to yeah. really call that out.
1: Yeah, that's why I was kind of like, why not bring Seer? I guess it's because she needed the pilot, the Stinger Mantis. Um, but she probably would have been useful there. Um, yeah yeah and then of course the fifth brother shows up at the end which i was actually fine with it's just like i don't know i there were parts that were okay like i thought hamerin dealing with her magic was kind of interesting uh and obviously she's a dark sider like sith magic is is it really is just the dark side of the force just understood differently uh and used differently so I thought it was interesting how, you know, she's, when she gets upset, it manifests in different ways, and she's kind of struggling to use it at the beginning. I thought that part was kind of interesting, but, uh, but
0: yeah. I feel like there's got to be, the way that, uh, Grey Jedi get derisively talked about needs to turn into, like, people starting to talk about the Sisters as well. Because yeah. I feel like the same people who get, like, uh really obnoxious about like of course there's no great jedi you just want to use force lightning don't seem to apply that same logic to like everyone else using the force outside of the jedi and i do agree that like philosophically i don't think the great jedi position makes any sense but i can see it as a thing that people think they're doing in universe
1: totally yeah yeah I, i agree that's like the thing in universe like it's always you think you can and we get a little bit of this in the book with seer cause you know, she's got the history of using the dark side where it's like, you think you can just tap in sometimes, but yeah. obviously, you know, it doesn't quite work like that. But, uh, and I, and I guess that's probably part of the reason why, um, Marin isn't able to use her powers as much. I guess she is kind of like quasi falling to the light side a little bit, mm-hmm. um, without really kind of recognizing what's going on. I'm guessing that's some of it. Um, yeah
0: so she can become a Jedi
1: yeah I guess but, I don't know
0: I don't think she'd ever want to give up the night sister heritage but uh, yeah
1: for sure The yeah, big like, uh, uh don't go ahead I was gonna say one of the big uh, this is kind of a different topic so if you want to finish yours sure, go ahead
0: I was gonna go to something else as well so you can I was gonna say one of the
1: I, I'm like thinking about how this because if somebody is gonna ask me like do I need to read this book before playing the game like Definitely not. Um, And I'm trying to think of like, what would I tell somebody who asked for a recap? The big things would really be um, Seer seems to be, there's Seer and Cal have a different perspective on what they should be doing. And I think that that kind of comes from Jedi survivor where Seer is off. We see her like rebuilding a library or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one thing. And then um, Grease loses uh, an arm as well. And I assume he's gonna have a prosthetic by the time yeah. of the yeah, the sequel.
0: I think it I think what the book does, like you don't need to read it before you play Jedi Survivor. And I think it would be a bad thing to make it have something happen that you really needed to read yeah, I agree. before you play the games. But I do think it does a good job of setting up why they are separated at when you start into Jedi Survivor. Like you can see the 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 fractures in what's what all the group wants to do or why they're all there. And we Mm -hmm. know they're apart by Jedi survivor. So Mm -hmm. I think it does a good enough job of showing what, that there are those underlying irreconcilable differences while still having them have a reason to stay together for now. Like obviously the book doesn't resolve that as like a a central plot point of like the fact that they, there is that tension in the group. I don't think it it can resolve that. And I think that Mm -hmm. might as like a standalone story cheapen it a little bit, but it, Like, that's not really the book's fault. It can't do anything there. So I think largely until it starts getting into the overly saccharine overall family stuff, I think it handles that pretty well.
1: Yeah, I just kind of wonder whether like that could have come about in even like a more interesting like story. You know what I mean? Like, I I feel like there could have been a story that didn't feel like a side quest Mm -hmm. that could have kind of. It even actually, no, I'm not going to say that because it's it's not the scale that's really the issue. It's the there's like there could have been a story with you know even if it is small scale that has a really interesting world dilemma or something that really splits yeah. the crew for more than just like hey I don't like how this stormtrooper lied to us. Like I think that would have been a really cool thing to see. Like if anything, this book kind of stays a bit to hey we're all family, it's all going to work out. Yeah. Uh, you know even when Grease gets his arm cut off, he's pissed, but you know not really at the core crew members. Yeah. So I, it does seem like they are going to be split up at the beginning of Jedi survivor. Uh, Hopefully they come back because I I think everyone really likes the characters. There's no way uh, that
0: they're not all back in that.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, But yeah, I just like, even that kind of felt like a, a real, like there's, there's nothing in this book that I was happy made it really like, or that, like I felt like couldn't have been implied by just, the time between games or anything. Um, And like, I wonder if uh, I, I got a question because one of the most controversial bits is certainly going to be the fact that Cal and Marin not only don't have a relationship, like a romantic relationship, but haven't at all. Did you sense one when you played Fallen Order, and you are replaying it now, right? Yeah, so. I,
0: I like you get the feeling that there's a potential connection there, but I never yeah. expected it to be a thing that happened between games, right? And I think no. it's something that like this book actually does more to push that along than yeah. uh, than Fallen Order does. And I think that there's going to be an issue, like an issue with Star Wars, is that a lot of the audience is probably younger and mm-hmm. maybe not like the most romantically experienced in that like they may think that the way it works in universe
1: fans are virgins corey loses 2023 well
0: just the idea of like they'll see when when a lot of people are shipping they'll think like there's this one relationship every character gets one relationship and then they're done so i think a lot of people will focus too much on like oh they put marin with this other person instead of cal this means they can never get together but like if you read the fucking book there's a lot of stuff that's like oh, does Cal feel that way about her? Oh, does she maybe feel that way about him as well? And, like, I was never expecting them to get together between the two games. It's the kind of thing that, like, the book kind of sets up could happen in the future still. Like, it's not closing the yeah. door on that at all. It's not even, like, I feel like a few people probably took it as, like, intentionally going out of the way to, to prove that ship wrong, and I really don't think that's the case here. Like, yeah. I think it keeps that door open. I don't think if they were going to put them together in the game either, that they would have implied it was this thing that happened between Fallen Order and Survivor and then ended. And I don't think anyone would have found that particularly satisfying anyways. So I don't, I don't think that's Yeah.
1: I guess I, I generally agree. And you're, you're right that in part of it is because Star Wars like is like that a lot, where it's like, oh, Han and Leia, they were together when they were, you know, when Princess Leia was 20, they're going to be together forever.
0: Yeah, it'd be uh, like people f- getting upset about Kira because, like, oh, uh, we actually know that Han marries Leia. No, he wasn't in this relationship. Yeah,
1: he would actually never been kissed before. But um, I, I guess the only thing you do get like a bit of, uh, and you know, Cal senses it, Sear senses it, a bit of like these these are faded partners thing, um, where it, it like almost tries to elevate their relationship, and I, I think. I don't feel this way i think some people might feel like that eventually uh will lessen the relationship if it happens between cal and marin if that makes sense mm-hmm. um where it's like marin is is like ready to throw her life away like she can't imagine it but i mean i guess that's what it's like a lot of times when you get with someone for the first time
0: yeah they're also like they are pretty young themselves like yeah fret is 21. yeah Marin, I mean, Marin and Cal are probably, probably under there. 25 yeah. at this point. But, yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. like, I think one thing that the book does highlight about the relationship is uh, as much as it does the whole star-connected lover stuff, it really emphasizes that part of what's bringing Marin and uh and Fret together is that similar trauma in that Fret is able to feel and express rage in a way that is kind of natural to Marin, which you can see in Fallen Order and like is more important to her use of the dark side essentially, and she's around two Jedi all the time. So that makes sense. Yeah. Like that if it hadn't gone to the whole star connected thing, I would like I would have that's the same thing where it's like it gets 80% of the way on the right track of stuff like I'm I'm with it on this, but then it just goes that little bit too far, mm-hmm. Or then like also Cal and Seer and Grease are thinking the same thing about them. Yeah. and there there is like stuff with cal and marin that i do wish had been explored more not in the romantic sense but there was something like with the the dark side usage where marin gets like mm. really self-conscious about the fact that she just raised an undead army which she hadn't done since jedi <laughs> fallen order she's like yeah. i don't usually
1: do this yeah.
0: but like <laughs> cal what is cal going to think about this and is he going to hate me for this? And she's like terrified about that.
1: And he's kind of cool with it.
0: He's kind of cool with it. And it doesn't really get addressed. And I feel like that could have been a more interesting conversation than it was. But I think that gets back to the fact that like Cal gets a bit yeah. more surface level of stuff, but we never really see too deep in what he's doing.
1: Yeah. Cal's like, oh, we're raising zombies now. That's what we're doing now. No, but um... <laughs> I
0: guess that happened. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, there there is even one part. And I, I agree. Cal was very surface level. We get like. He there's some parts where he's like sort of sad about like every single person he's ever known being dead. But there's like even one occasion where um and maybe this is kind of Marin's like insecurity, or maybe it's like her her ignorance where she's like um Cal and Seer had come to terms with what had happened to them and they were cool with it. Like Cal probably is never gonna be totally yeah. cool with what happened.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I think part of that is really just Marin being
1: just kind of accidentally, like, um, setting herself apart from everybody, yeah.
0: And yeah, yeah I think that's like an intentional thing rather than just, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 that I definitely, that's definitely possible. Emotionally dead inside, he's just yeah. a quit machine or something, yeah. Because, like, it, Do it does really set up,
1: just a quit, quit machine for parts of this book,
0: yeah, like, it does set up like the main thing it sets up with Cal is the feeling that like he has to protect everyone. He has to be responsible for everything. Yeah. And like I think that's definitely a good thing to explore with him. But I agree. It
1: just that can also be a bit exhausting sometimes. Like there's I think probably the stupidest scene that's ever been in a Marvel movie is that one from either the first or second, like either Endgame or the other one where it's like, Black Widow and Hawkeye like in a competition to see which one can throw each other off the edge for or which one could throw themselves off the edge first yeah it's like who is actually the most pure and self-sacrificial um but for Cal it does work because that is kind of his character uh but I don't know I I want to see more nuance I would have liked to see sorry go ahead
0: I don't think I don't think it's quite the same because like that was both of them trying to sacrifice (laughs) themselves for the other one Whereas Marin wasn't saying like Cal shouldn't put himself in that position. It was that Cal needs to stop telling other people they can't or that like his choice to be the sacrificial one or to put himself in danger is more valid than everyone else. Because like Cal's whole thing is like he needs to stop the empire. No one else can do anything. Mm -hmm. Yada, yada. And
1: I just I think. I don't know. I I feel like the idea of a person being completely self-sacrificing can work. But like you need to put. A bit more work into why either because they've got serious issues with themselves like the crew is really all they have like i don't think i don't necessarily think it's healthy to necessarily be okay with being a thousand percent self-sacrificial literally every instant without thinking yeah. about it you know what i mean uh, even for a jedi um yeah. yeah and uh
0: i i do think such it just came up in chat again like the as much as i think the widespread killing is a, a choice that's made because it's like a, a video game book They goes much farther than you ever actually yeah. go in game like you're not doing any amount anywhere near this amount of carnage at any point in Fallen Order
1: yeah they, they literally slaughter like they must kill 200 people at the beginning yeah and it's Cal is like Marin was having all the fun as she's like s- fucking s- giving like stormtroopers the big suck and taking their life force <laughs> out like I don't know
0: yeah, it's uh, it, it is a bit much, and I think it goes beyond just video game adaptation there.
1: But, yeah. And Cal's just
0: like, BD, give me that stim. Yeah. <laughs> give me the memory suppressor. There's one point where it's like, I think it's basically saying he's surrounded by empty stim. <laughs> yeah, I do yeah. like that. It, it did incorporate some of the more gamey, like game yeah. mechanic aspects yeah, as being fun. a thing that's like actually happening. But it does. It does have some some funny implications sometimes
1: yeah i like the uh, i definitely like bd bd it's hard not to BD like is him. is fantastic yeah I, I do like how he's like g- generally described as having like a calming nature on people yeah. it's like bd generally calm people down like yeah i can see that he's really cute yeah.
0: bd and the in the boggling yeah that's the otp of star wars forget like Marion and fred or Marion and cal it's it's bd and boggling yeah and uh the plants as well yes yeah, I, it made me feel a little self-conscious because like, oh shit, canonically Cal got all the seeds. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck, I got I got three. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to my Canon playthrough. We're on collectible number 97. <laughs> we gotta get the Rusher seed because I forgot it the first time.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. It's canon now, so we've let we've let Cal and the Mantis crew
0: down. Yes. Yeah. Alright. Uh I'm going to open up our tier list. Okay and where are you landing with battle scars
1: unfortunately this one is a d that's a d for me
0: yeah Fitting with the themes of the book justin is giving it the d there's not a
1: lot of not a lot of d's being given in this book corey
0: (laughs) i don't think you want to make people think that that's our problem with it
1: i was going to actually comment on that because I do want to make it clear, Sam Maggs, who's the author, gets a lot of hate uh, for I don't even know why, because I don't know anything else she's written that I've read. People seem to hate her. And I let's be honest, it's because she writes like gay and lesbian characters. And uh, and yeah, that's not my problem with I had with this book. It was pretty much everything else.
0: (laughs) I actually I've I'm mostly familiar with her from Critical Role stuff because I read like some of the Critical Role extra stuff. And I I have enjoyed her stuff there as well. Okay. uh, yeah, so I'm so not she writes
1: like tie-in novels to like their adventures, does she?
0: Yeah, she hasn't done a ton of like uh novel type stuff or story type stuff. Should be she's done like a bit of Marvel stuff. She's done some critical role comics. I think it's mostly oh, been wrote comics. Wrote Call before. of Duty
1: Vanguard. Let's go. I
0: don't think she Sounds wrote like... all of Call of Duty Vanguard.
1: Yeah, she was a writer. I'm just looking at the I'm just looking at her games. Uh right. and Clank. Cards against humanity mass effect let's go <laughs> that'd be fun
0: but yeah so i'm not quite as low as you on it i'm trying to see what i gave to brotherhood and uh yeah Shadow to of me, the those, Sith. i think i gave those a c we both we both gave those b's actually and uh, i feel right? like this feels mm. like a similar book but i do think it's okay. done worse than those uh so like a lot of the things that I liked about those were here, but not executed quite as well. And there are some things that I think those books explored better, like the the villains. As long are books, hmm. it's a bit easier, but that I don't think there was any like hard limit on the, what the pages had to be. And then there's just stuff thrown in, like the circlet of Suresh, which are kind of barely mentioned, much like we're barely mentioning it in the podcast now, that yeah. could have been fleshed out a bit more with even just a little more time possibly taken away from the uh, scenes that felt a little bit extraneous, extraneous, extraneous. So Mm. I'm going one below what I gave those and giving it a C. Okay. Uh, I will say like
1: someone wrote, is this the horniest Star Wars book ever? And it's like, maybe like it's gotta be up there, but it's sad because like, if you compare it to, um, what's it called? Lost stars, which is, is also very horny. Maybe like less. Exp- Actually, I'd say it's pretty similar, but like that book is like you understand why the characters love each other and why yeah. they're like horny for each other. Um, so that will be a good comparison, I think, when we finally get around to doing that. Yeah. All right. Did we have uh, any emails. We
0: do have uh, we had two emails when I last checked. Uh, looks like there are still two emails. First, we got from Joel. Who says, do you think one of the reasons a lot of new canon books and comics feel different is that overall they're trying to appeal to a different audience compared to the Legends audience? The new audience being a lot with different tastes in storytelling and tropes, and probably more online with social media. Curious to hear your thoughts on gen- different generational tastes and how it affects Star Wars storytelling. Um,
1: I don't think, I don't know if the, I think the audience is maybe a little broader, so maybe, yeah. uh, but otherwise, yeah, I wouldn't put it beyond that.
0: Yeah, like I I do think in certain periods of the uh, Bantam and Delray publishing, there was one specific idea of like, this is what a Star Wars book is. And you got like some variance on that, Uh, whereas now there's a lot more playing with different genres in a way that was a lot more rare back then. So I think there's like a bigger idea that like you can do different stuff and that can still be Star Wars. Uh, you can have different genres you're playing with. You can appeal to different audiences, because it's not just uh, the 90s idea of, like, this is what a nerd is. So I mm-hmm. think there's definitely something to that. Yep. Uh, oh, we actually just got another email. So I'll actually Ooh. I'll read that one. And then we had one more after that. So... uh this is a deeper question we we are on a bit of a a time limit for this episode so this is a a bit longer of an email and a bit deeper of a question so we might have to come back to this one next time sorry theo but the final email is from gustav who asks when are we going to go back to njo and that will probably be april or may
1: yeah yeah probably around then
0: is you're gone next week so no tap calf next week
1: yeah, and then I've got another trip later, so yeah. It'll be a bit and we've got it'll be probably after Mando ends. Um
0: yeah. So yeah. So, yeah, we've got uh next week we won't be here. Uh week after that we we'll are de- going we'll to talk about Mando. Yeah, we'll need and... to talk about Mando and Bad Batch. Yeah. Week after that, we won't be around uh and then so like April 6th will probably be another Mando episode. So maybe on the thirteenth, if we're both around, be able to do Traitor or not Traitor, yeah. uh, Dark Journey. It's a pretty short book, so it shouldn't be too bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tentatively, maybe at that point, but
1: yeah, we'll see. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of time between now and April, so
0: yeah. So we need to make sure that we get over to our tour. To uh, I do have a couple of reviews that I want
1: to I want to read, yep. uh, including one one star review that somebody left. And it's it's a nonsense review, so I'm not even gonna read it.
0: I'll just say nonsense is in. It's a joke, or nonsense is in. A, it's a, a joke.
1: It's a, it's like a, it's trying to be funny. Um, but like we don't have that many podcast reviews, so a one star review really fucking puts us down. So you can eat my entire asshole for that. Um, <laughs> I don't appreciate that for real. Uh, I don't like look at that and get a chuckle. I don't like say that person's a real funny cat. I just get disappointed. Um, We had a review from Master Chief. I may have read this one. Justin and Corey are great. Their hatred of Republic Commando notwithstanding. Yes, Justin, you hate it. No need to say otherwise. They show me new Star Wars content I can enjoy and I've never heard of and has really gotten me to buy new Jedi Order books. There we go. They're both devoted content creators that continually bring new uh, things to the Star Wars fandom, whether Justin's Battle of the Dreadnoughts or Corey's 3D breakdown of Thrawn's fleet in the Thrawn trilogy. Great job. Keep it up. 10 out of 10. Thank you. Uh, then add-on says, this is the best Star Wars podcast by virtue of being the only podcast. I know I have checked. The discussion is thought-provoking and entertaining. I don't know what else you could ask for. So, thank you very much, guys. Thank you.
0: Look, If and, you want to give us actual one-star reviews because that's what you think, do what you got to do. But if, Yeah, if, if you actually
1: think our podcast is only worth one star, then fine. Leave a one-star review. But uh, we don't sling... We don't sling boner pills to you guys. Yes. We don't... Sl- yeah, I would. Uh, it, we don't sling fucking... Um, I'm trying to think of whatever... Al- whatever Alex Jones slings, we don't do it. It's free. Um, But yeah, that's all I got.
0: Download Mail Vitality. <laughs> <laughs> Download Mail Vitality. You'll get big and red like I am. All right, well... We're going to go and do some Fortnite action over on Twitch. Or actually, I might do it on my YouTube channel, so not, not there. But uh, okay. x2.com slash x2, YouTube, not whatever. The other, I give out the links before. If, you, if you're going to watch, you already know where the hell it is. Yeah.